0: This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID, the smart choice for MDL implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant and UL certified for all transaction modes. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to Anvacast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community, now celebrating our 90th anniversary. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome
1: back, everyone. This week, I am joined by Melissa Gillette. Melissa is the director of the Iowa Division of Motor Vehicles, which is part of the Iowa DOT. Melissa, welcome to your first appearance on the InfoCast.
0: Hey, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I know uh, we've talked about getting me on the podcast before, so this is really exciting.
1: You've been an elusive guest. We keep (laughs) saying we try to get Melissa, what's going on in Iowa? No, oh, I'm not ready to talk about that. Talk, but we've got something to chat about, which is super exciting, because it's something a little bit different than a lot of the topics that have been on the Envocast before, where understandably we talk a lot about the, the content of motor vehicle and law enforcement administration. And you've done something particularly interesting as it relates to management and executive management, having recently finished a reorganization of your division.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: we have. And you did so following a very specific philosophy and strategy called EOS. Correct. So I want to start, though, when, you know, you've been now the director for... Six years. Six years. Mm -hmm. And we'll come back maybe a little bit later and talk about how we've... Teased, we've joked about, we're pretty sure that when you became director six years ago, you were perhaps ever, certainly at the time, the youngest individual to take on a chief executive role in one of our agencies. Over those six years, when did it occur? When did you recognize, hey, we maybe need to look at the way we're structured?
0: Yeah, I think it came um, during pandemic, obviously. Mm-hmm. The pandemic really challenged all of us to think differently about yeah. about everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, So coming off of that in 2021 is when we executed this reorganization of the entire table of organization within the motor vehicle division. Uh, And we were introduced. I was introduced to the concept of EOS, as you mentioned, which um, stands for entrepreneurial operating system. Um, And it's just a philosophy. It's really designed for entrepreneurial businesses. So startup businesses, um, to think about the way that they should be structured. And it's more than just how you're structured too. It's also um, an element of accountability. So in a nutshell, it's it's a certain leadership uh, mm-hmm. style. And in, in fact, when I first was introduced to it, I was maybe somewhat lukewarm okay. to it, yeah. uh, but thought, you know, this is, this is at least going to Uh, prompt us to have some conversations Mm -hmm. about the way that we're organized, uh, the way that we, uh, make decisions and set goals. Mm -hmm. And that's a big element of the EOS model as well is setting a 10 year target, you know, a vision essentially. Um, but then taking specific steps to make sure you have traction in achieving that vision every year. And so, Mm -hmm. um, it includes the, uh, requirement to set quarterly Rocks, so it's that um, analogy that if you have a jar, you have to put first the big rocks into that oh, jar, yes. then the pebbles, and then you can put the sand. Otherwise, it, it doesn't all fit. And so, yeah. you know, that's that's where they're coming from, or where this model is coming from in that. And so, each quarter, um, our group gets together and we identify what are the big items that we need to accomplish this quarter. And when you're doing that, you're you're always looking at. Remember what our ten-year target is. Remember um, what we said, where we said we wanted to be in three years, and it's mm-hmm. it's a three-year picture. And um, through that exercise, you're you're sort of dreaming about if you can close your eyes and imagine mm-hmm. what does it feel like, what does it look like, what's happening in three yeah. years to get us closer to that ten-year target. Yeah, and so that's all a part of of this style um, as well, and as well as the way that we hold meetings there's a certain meeting style that we've adopted yeah it's called the level 10 meeting style Um, and so these meetings are designed to be very disciplined because the majority of people if you ask them you know were was that meeting productive did you enjoy that meeting do you think you you got what you needed to get done accomplished and uh, a lot of people will say no you know could have been handled via an email i'm sure we've all seen memes and other things that kind of fun just attend a meeting
1: that could have been an email yes
0: exactly and so and so we have adopted level 10 meeting where uh you start with a certain agenda um and then the meat of the meeting is to solve issues and so you're identifying issues that you're facing you rank the issues um in order of priority and then Mm -hmm you solve those issues you discuss the the issue and then you solve with either a decision that's made or you come away with a to do okay and then that's that accountability piece that i mentioned before to really hold everybody accountable to what are the issues um hurdles that are in the way of ultimately the vision that we have um, set for ourselves and, and what we want to achieve.
1: So the, a couple of things here. So first is three years, 10 years in today's world of change. Mm-hmm. feels like a long time to say mm-hmm. we're working on a three year or a 10 year thing mm-hmm. where every day, every month, every week, things are changing rapidly.
0: Yes. And that's where I think the importance of those quarterly rocks come into play. So each quarter you look at what issues are we facing? what is our goal for the year? What is our three year goal? And then our 10 year Mm -hmm. goal and looking kind of considering all of that, what is the most important thing we need to have accomplished this quarter? Mm -hmm. Because um, that is the risk when you set a vision and you know, you've heard it before too, you set a strategic plan or a vision and it kind of gets set on a shelf. Sure. Um, It becomes a talking point, but what action steps are you really taking that directly correlate? To gain traction toward that vision. Yeah. And, and so um, the quarterly rocks really help to, to set uh, specific action items that are specific to, to that vision. So it sounds, you know,
1: you're starting with this strategic planning process to set these goals over a one year, three year, 10 year period. You've got this mechanism of these very structured meetings to manage it. When did it lead into the idea that we may not be organized and structured in a way? to best reach those one, three, 10 year goals?
0: So as we were going through this process and we actually had a consultant helping us mm-hmm. at the beginning um, to think about and, and challenge us to think about different ways to organize ourselves, um, to have what is our vision, what mm-hmm. are we trying to achieve and what action steps should we be taking to get there? How are we gonna set all of this up? Uh, so as we went through that process uh, the EOS model also has uh, an area designed for how to um, organize people. And um, there, are, there are a whole list of elements in there, including you know getting people in the right seat. So the right person who shares your values, um, who wants to uh, help achieve the vision mm-hmm. that you have, and then in the right seat to be able to contribute in the best way okay. to doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we looked uh, at, Different models. Um, we looked at the way different states are organized, mm-hmm. different businesses in the private sector, mm. and um, one thing we came away with, and and ultimately how we ended up restructuring our division is that traditionally we've we had been organized by topic area. So driver services, motor carrier services, mm-hmm. vehicle services, and all of the activities that were occurring within each of those topic areas were handled by. A team, or a bureau, or a unit, whatever the
1: term. I'd say is. that's probably a fairly typical setup as we look across our member agencies.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but but and I think part of the challenge that I was looking at at the time that we were facing um, this was we have a lot of systems uh, that that require a lot of maintenance and project management. So when we need to enhance a system or in, incorporate a change into a system. The skill set needed to be able to manage the facilitation of that change mm-hmm. or enhancement in from a systems thinking perspective, um, and then there's also the policy mm-hmm. element to ensuring that that ultimately the way that we implement that is compliant. Yeah, um, and it also then achieves the customer service vision that that we have and mm-hmm. that we've set for ourselves in improving that customer experience, and so. All of that helped us to sort what are the f- different functions that occur within these topic areas. And so ultimately, we went through a restructuring where we are now organized by function. Hmm. So we have uh, a customer services bureau, which is more front facing. Um, so you can imagine it's all of the uh, personnel, then the teams that have interactions directly with customers. So mm-hmm. we have. In Iowa, we have our driver's license service centers. Um, They're in the bulk of that bureau. We have a vehicle services team and we have a motor carrier services team. And so instead of having three separate teams where they're interacting with customers in different silos of the Mm -hmm. organization, they're now all in one bureau together. And so they're offering different services so driver versus vehicle versus motor carrier but they have the same management they're under the same expectations and standards in terms of what do we expect from these teams when it comes to customer experience how do we interact with customers how do we share information um, via public materials web pages social media content etc so they're all organized Hmm. together so that's A function is Mm -hmm. our customer services and then we also have uh, then of course a back office function and in here we have our teams that manage our IT systems uh, the vendors and contractors that we do business with in relation to those systems Uh, we have our records management um, teams that uh, span across driver, vehicle, and motor so the carrier. Same
1: team. The same records management team is handling the records, whether it's a driver record, a vehicle record, motor carrier record. It's the same team that's doing all of
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yes, and within those teams, we might have individuals who specialize in one area okay. versus another, but the management um, is overall all, all of it. it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, and uh, they also in this uh, group, our back office group, and we call them our systems and administration bureau they're uh, managing the relationship with our IT. And that's Mm. a really important function for us as well, and um, making sure that we have requirements fleshed out Mm -hmm. for IT to hand over to IT. We have the user acceptance testing, that's a really important component of uh, maintaining the integrity of our systems. Mm -hmm. So that's all housed in, in this group as well. Okay. And then we have our, what we call our Central Programs Bureau, um, and that's managed by Daniel Yeh. I know a lot of people know Daniel, okay, yeah, so yeah, shout yeah, out yeah. to Daniel. Nice. Um, and here we also, so we have our driver program, mm-hmm. um, uh, vehicle program, and motor carrier program management. Yeah. And so their role, their function uh, is, again, spanning all three of those to take a look at what are the compliance requirements that we're facing, mm-hmm. um, policy, What are the program elements that we need to be aware of? A huge um, component of their role would be our external relationships with our federal partners, Mm -hmm. industry, um, associations, and groups. Okay. So walk me
1: through, let's use something as an example, um, something like CDL maybe traditionally if it was all in the driver's bureau somebody who's responsible for all things cdl can understand what they have to talk to fmcsa about where you have to be compliant what we need to do on the the systems whether it's SIDLIS or something else and how we're dealing with the customer that might be applying at the counter for cdl and now you've got the one group that daniel leads might be dealing with fmcsa and figuring out what are the rules Mm -hmm you have your systems group figuring out what what version of silist we need to be on to right. be compliant with the new rules and then you've got your public facing group dealing with the customer perhaps testing sits there as well examiners I, you know I don't know dealing with the CDL testing process yes. so if that's the case how do you from a management perspective now they're in these different groups ensure that they're working in sync to other, to each other and who, who at the end of the day owns the decision yes. on how we're going to go forward with say something related to a, a CDL strategy.
0: Yes. I love that. So that's a great example. Um, and like you said, so there are different functions that span all of that. And yeah. so what it requires is collaboration. And that's what uh, we've seen in terms of just a difference in our culture, I would say um, from, our previous structure to the structure we have now is a culture that's very focused on collaboration. Uh, we do talk about that often in terms mm-hmm. of who needs to be in the room, Here yep. are here's the decision point that we need to make, or here's the um, improvement or uh, problem that we're facing. Who, who needs to be in the room to have a discussion about that? Is there a systems element to that? Is there a customer-facing mm-hmm. element to that, and, and is there a program or compliance aspect to that? Um, and oftentimes it's all three. And so right. that means all three need to be involved in the discussion and, um, give input to the decision. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, uh, the decision make making will be dependent on, is it ultimately a system decision? Is it ultimately a compliance or policy related decision? Or is it a customer experience decision? Sometimes they're, um, it's not clear right, hard to separate, <laughs> and so right? you know that's where a leadership like myself yep. might have to get involved and and uh give some input all three and yeah. Make the right. yeah but i think it makes us better because it it keeps us focused on the customer experience and making sure um, the systems in the background are running as they should and mm. it also keeps us focused on what is fmc really fmcsa really expecting mm. from us in um, in having those conversations we want you know, it's almost like there's um, advocacy for all three components, and right. if there's tension there, I think that's a healthy uh, discussion for us to have because mm-hmm. ultimately we want to make sure we're good at good at all of it, okay. all of those functions.
1: And so, in this model, there were those three or four buckets you went through. Are the chiefs, if you will, of each of those groups then reporting directly to you as director? Is that the, the, the new structure?
0: Yes, yep, so they report to me. Um, and I also failed to mention, we um, have a policy and compliance team as well. And so those are- Separate from that central operations Yes, yes. and those, that team is um, focused a lot on our administrative rules, regulation, uh, legislative changes and proposals that are, that are coming up. So they're ultimately very much focused on compliance from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas the program management also is focused on compliance, but in terms of maybe more in the weeds with uh, federal regulations, for example, or industry um, and standards. Right, right,
1: right, right. So you've been director for six years. You said it was during the pandemic that this first appeared. How long did it take you to go through the process of working with the consultant, designing this new model
0: yeah ultimately it took us about a year uh we started with a focus in customer services and so um that was a driving factor was because we wanted a an improvement in the customer experience and wanted that to become um really a driving factor in in what we did we started there um and so we worked there for a while before expanding it to through the entire division. I'd say it took about a year, mm-hmm. um, and then to work through those changes. I'm really grateful to the leadership at the DOT for for giving me the latitude to um, execute those changes, yeah. uh, and and we did that um, in 2021. And then I would say there was about a year following the reorganization where. People were still um, letting the dust settle, getting Mm -hmm. used to their new, you know, new working titles, for example, new uh, responsibilities, new teams, uh, and communication through all of that was was really vital to ensure that everyone uh, had a clear sense of expectations and roles and responsibilities.
1: So, you didn't, it sounds like you didn't unveil it all at once to say this is a big shift, but you took pieces at a time and perhaps moved each piece incrementally or we took some pieces. That, well, we but, took
0: some pieces, uh, specifically in customer services, I would say first, but mm-hmm. then after that, we really did, um, go throughout the entire division and, uh, did it in a way where we had conversations happening with teams. We, we kind of avoided doing a huge announcement about it, making a big right. deal about it. You know, um, we did more grassroots, if you will, having okay. the conversation, uh, with teams first, and, and um, you're now going to be a little bit yeah, over here. Yeah. So let's and, you know, talk about that. And, if, and does you that know, go into
1: the change management strategy that yes. you used in rolling this out?
0: Yes. Yeah, it does. So the change management strategy, uh, was maybe, uh, not as traditional as, as others that I've seen, mm-hmm. just because we wanted to avoid freaking people out a yeah, little bit yeah. <laughs> as much as we could
1: Big change. And yeah. so
0: it started with conversations. Let's have a conversation with the teams. If you know, if this is your focus area and, it's divided by function. Let's talk about what questions are coming up with that. Let's, let's talk through that together. Um, and then by the time those conversations were happening, we got to a point where everyone knew about it. Everyone um, mm-hmm. had an opportunity to give feedback, ask questions, and then we really kind of unveiled, okay, this is the final result. Yeah. This is what it looks like now.
1: How big was, it's? about feedback, how big was the group that you brought in mm-hmm to help create the new structure.
0: It was my leadership team, so there were a handful of us, probably 5 or 6 of us working with the consultant at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm.
1: And did you have any process of early employee feedback as you were thinking about the structure or was it hey, we've we've done this, this is baked and let's let's go?
0: Yeah, we did get feedback early on, uh, again, through those conversations. I really um, wanted to push those conversations, not coming from me as the director of, this is what mm. we're going to do, like it or not, it's a big change, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely having the conversations through the team supervisors, and so we brought that group in first. Um, we did have some surveys along the way, and but the surveys were geared more toward, um, do you have clarity in what, your new role is, mm. what the, the function um, of your team so is. So it's really
1: feedback for the change management process. Mm-hmm. How are we doing mm-hmm. explaining the changes?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You
1: mentioned earlier that you were lukewarm to this when That's you first nice. at the outset. <laughs> yes. Where did it change for you? What was the moment that you said, okay, I, I could see this is a better future than where we're at?
0: Yes. I think it changed for me in two ways. One, through holding the level 10 meetings, which I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Um, I had suffered through many meetings, I I would say, you Mm -hmm. know, in my career. And so I was willing to give any new format (laughs) a shot. It was worth a shot. Can't be any worse. (laughs) Um, But the accountability element of that is really what started to turn me toward um, warming up to it. Mm. It, Because every meeting we would walk away with a list of to-dos, Um, And I could see how those to-do's related to where we were trying to uh, get in terms of our 10-year target, our vision. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could see then that people were starting to absorb that and latch onto that. And Mm -hmm. now, so our 10-year target, I failed to mention, our 10-year target is to be a role model in government services nationwide. And ANVA has Mm -hmm. a really big component of that. because. That is how we know whether or not we're achieving success Mm. is because we look to AMBA, we look to other states, what's going on, how do we measure up? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a difference. We don't, we're not saying we want to be the best. That's not the terminology that we use. It's that we want to be a role model, which means we know we're successful. If others are asking us, how did you do that? We're interested in that. We think that's a good idea. You know, they may or may not model what we're doing exactly to a T, but if we can help inspire. Thought and change for improvement. Even if they do it slightly different, then that's a win, and that's what we're that's what we're going for is to be a role model.
1: Well, I think it's definitely a step in that direction, and one of the reasons why I think you'll get more interest as people listen to this. Something you and I have talked about offline. I've talked about with other guests. the The idea of looking at it as function. Ties into this ongoing conversation in the Enver community about that division of drivers, vehicle, in your case, motor carriers or law enforcement. You know, what had been these stovepipe silos for decades in our community, more than ever, are being challenged and frankly crumbling because the work we're doing is changing in a way where what is a driver issue and what is a vehicle issue really is harder and harder to separate. Yes. Did you, fi- was that? becoming even more evident as you went through the process, or am I just asking you a question to try to fulfill my own narrative, which is,
0: (laughs) as other podcast guests will tell
1: you, something we do.
0: (laughs) No, that is what we find. And again, going back to the customer experience, and I know in the AMVA community, we've had the the pop-up classroom on contact centers. It's it's definitely something that everyone's taking a look at in terms of what are the expectations from a customer service perspective. And Mm -hmm. that's where it started for us um, because we found when we were talking about customer service in one area, why not apply that to another? Because when you back up and zoom out to the 10,000 foot level, at the end of the day, we're trying to to make government more accessible to people, easier sure. to understand, mm-hmm. easier to navigate. And if that's true, then that applies across the board. It's not just in certain transactions. We want that across the board and I know even other uh, states are looking at combining services mm-hmm, um, that mm-hmm. are, have been traditionally siloed in different agencies and maybe is there an opportunity to change that in um, the name of customer experience right. and convenience? Um, but anyway, going back to your yeah. question, um, we did find that the silos, um, because of those reasons, because the, the, the goals that we had Transcend across the topic area. So even going to, you know, the way that we manage systems and contracts with vendors, we, we wanted consistency in how we do that. It doesn't matter if it's a system that's designed for our motor carrier customer service team or a system that's designed um For a driver's licensing system, we Mm -hmm. want the way that we manage that, the way um, that we interact with the vendor and um, sort of that back office, maybe procurement aspects to that uh, to be consistent across the board. Mm. And so it really helped us focus on how do we get good at those functions, um, regardless of what the topic is. Interesting.
1: So did the staff at large think you guys
0: had lost it a little bit when you first came
1: out with these changes?
0: I I would say there were, there was a mixed bag of reactions. So (laughs) some, some probably, yes, maybe even still think this is, you know, not the way it used to be, you know, it's it's, habits are hard to break. And I think that's another aspect, you know, when we go to the customer service world, they keep going back to that, but habits are really hard to change. And when uh, you think about even just how people are used to saying the things that they say, mm-hmm. the the phrases that they use. Mm. It's human nature to go back to that habit. So recognizing that habits die hard. Uh, yeah, there there was uh, some maybe some grieving uh, process that needed to occur, <laughs> um, but overall, uh, this is working really well, and I think.
1: Are you starting to get that feedback now? Yes, like Maybe even I do you, that people that were lukewarm at
0: first? Yes, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's so um, fun for me to see the types of questions that I'm seeing, you know, staff mm-hmm. have with each other in, in terms of, you know, if um, this is the discussion, we need to pull in this aspect and this aspect, which means they're working cross-divisional, you mm-hmm. know, so that's, I think, the best part about yeah. all of this is seeing that collaboration occur across the division. and. Um, we're not siloed by topic anymore. We, yeah. we are a more, more cohesive group um, that's focused on our tenure target of being the role model and then mm-hmm. focused individually um, on the function that I have, you know, as a team member to contribute yeah. to our success in that. Yes.
1: So as a role model, if folks were to call you, you probably have some key lessons learned uh, in terms of lessons learned with where somebody might want to start because there's probably lessons deep throughout the process but if somebody's going huh this is interesting where would somebody begin
0: yeah i would say you begin by taking an inventory of uh the functions that exist like what are our obligations what obligations do we have let's not lose sight of something because i would say a lesson learned would be as we were going through it There were things that maybe slipped through the cracks in terms Mm -hmm. of wait a second so and so used to do this specific responsibility and it actually uncovered you know why in the world were they assigned to do that well it just over time as things happen as Mm -hmm. they evolve you know so and so knew they had the knowledge of how to do that process they um you know used to work over here and then their career took them over here so they just took the process with them and the responsibilities with them Um, And so we had to work through things as they came up as, you know, we thought we had it right. We were all um, situated and then, oh, we forgot. There's this whole process over here (laughs) that somebody used to take care of. Now it's Mm -hmm. come up and we have to figure out what home does it have? Where should this reside? And so I would say my advice would be try to capture all of that at the beginning so that you're not having to scramble after the fact like like we did. But again, I would say that's um, another piece of advice. Be be prepared to find those things where, you know, those responsibilities were just assigned to somebody for those nuanced reasons um, and then welcome that. So we embrace that of, okay, that's probably not where it belongs now. Here's an opportunity to really Mm. assign that in the appropriate place and the way. appropriate manner and do we by the way do we have instructions for how to do that do we have um, standard operating procedures documented um, because we would find sometimes we didn't and in to be operating in, uh in the way that we would expect yeah you should have um, that yeah. documented you know that should be known um, there should be a backup plan in place for succession planning and, and yeah. that type of a thing so it really started to expose some of that as well
1: nice Nice. So speaking of being a role model, uh, you are growing into being a role model in the community. I think most recently you're now the secretary of the AMVA board. You're the newest member of the AMVA executive committee. So congratulations and welcome on that front. Uh, We know that you were, when you were appointed, certainly one of the younger chief administrators moving to the role. And you're doing that all while being a Young working mom juggling a very busy family life.
0: Yes, yeah, I've got three boys at home. They're seven, four, and eighteen months. The baby just turned eighteen months old. Wow. Yeah. And so you're
1: tackling a very giant project of reorganizing the vision, while I'm sure your demands of time and energy. um, You know, let's let's be honest. There's even even in households like the Grossman household, where I believe we have a, you know, fairly equal division parenting. There's just always something very natural about something who always falls a little heavier on mom. Um, and as certainly as a son, I can imagine with three boys, you know, boys love their moms. You know, it's it just is, and it's a beautiful thing. How are you juggling it all?
0: Yes, those boys love their mama, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes, so good question. Um, yes. Yeah, so work-life balance is been extremely important to me, obviously. Uh, and I'm blessed to have leadership that supports that and um, that lets me carry on in the way that, that I do from that perspective. But the the most important is recruiting that talent on my team. And I mm. have a, a really talented group of leaders within our division in Iowa. Um, and I rely on them heavily to, to help and to lead and to um, go ahead and make recommendations and decisions uh, and I can count on them to do that. I can do that, you know, whether um, I'm in the office or whether I'm coaching a soccer game, which mm. recently tried my hand at coaching soccer for my oldest uh, this this past fall, which was fun. Uh, but yeah, and that's... That's a great thing. Is you, I'm accessible from anywhere. I can take a phone call, shoot me a text. Yeah. Um, so that work life balance is is really important. But it's but it's a lot. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's a lot, and so you have to find those pockets of time in the day that you can work. Maybe, um, you know, in the mornings I start early, in the evenings you you go after bedtime for a little while. But, uh, you find what what works and you find that rhythm yeah and i
1: think that's something that is being embraced more and more the you know it's on one hand it's that unconventional scheduling and people go oh my gosh you shouldn't have to answer emails at 10 o'clock at night but it's a trade-off of the flexibility of yeah but i could go coach the three o'clock soccer game i'm not wed to my desk at the office i'm not you know handcuffed to can't leave and so it's a trade-off that that you make to have that flexibility
0: yes exactly right yep is coach
1: melissa and the demeanor of coach melissa similar to director gillette at the iowa dmv
0: (laughs) actually yeah there are a lot of parallels i think between coaching and leading uh so my team as my team knows very well super competitive um, when it comes to really anything (laughs) but coaching for sure uh and uh you know i think what i learned in coaching soccer and these are, this is a team of uh six and seven year olds i think first and second grade uh is that y- you have to um find what people like to do same with you same with the kids mm-hmm. and i feel like there's a parallel to that in terms of going back to that concept of right person and the right seat mm-hmm. in your organization mm-hmm. that makes all the difference Uh, and we've made those changes we've been able to make those changes as we've gone through the reorganization of you know where is someone able to contribute their best is it in the customer services bureau or is it in a back office role where they're able to contribute to IT and systems management or records Um, and and being able to make those swaps um, and getting people in the right seat
1: well thanks for chatting with me today about the the reorganization and the different philosophies I think it's going to a number of people I think are going to take note and maybe following up and asking for more as we think about how organizations can be the most effective and efficient in their structure. Uh, on, a, on a personal note, having now known you for almost a decade, uh, it's exciting for me, having just moved into my new role, that you're also the new member of the executive committee, moving into new leadership roles. You know, I think in, in ways you're one of those folks that, you know, we've been growing up together in this community. So it's pretty cool that we're, we're getting to do this next step together as well.
0: Yes. I'm super excited for you, Ian. I, I'm just ecstatic that you're in the seat that you are. And I'm actually glad that the podcast worked out where we were able to wait until you were in this <laughs> role because it's just that much more special to me. And yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate it. Thanks. Well, uh,
1: if you want to know how to reach Melissa, Look her up in the AMVA member directory. We'll make sure you get contacted. Um, so thanks again for spending time today and being a guest on the podcast. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, you all for listening. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, everyone, stay well.
0: Thank you for joining us for cast Hosted by Ian Grossman. Produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.